0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
2: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. All eyes are on COP26 in Glasgow, with the Prime Minister telling BBC Breakfast that time is running out to tackle climate change.
0: This is very, very urgent for. Not just for our country, for the whole world. And if I had to give a comparison, I'd say it was a, it was a one minute to midnight moment and the uh, the clock is 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 ticking.
2: The magnitude of this moment in history isn't lost on many people. And among them are campaigners and comic book creators who have teamed up with some big names to take action. The most important comic book on Earth, Stories to Save the World, has just been released in line with the summit and it features original stories from notable environmentalists, artists, authors, actors, filmmakers and musicians. The project is from rewriting Extinction, who raise money and awareness to tackle both the climate and the biodiversity crisis. I've been speaking to Hollywood star Andy Serkis, who has collaborated on the book, and Paul Goodenough, who is behind the project. Paul, tell us, how did you come up with the idea for the book?
0: What I did at the beginning of this, uh, I did a whole bunch, bunch of research to really help to understand why environmental messages weren't getting through to people who needed to hear them. And what I found was that there's a certain feeling of fear or paralysis in the general public. They hear these messages they, or they see these messages they know they should listen to, but they're often delivered through mechanisms that, that scare them or make them feel that they aren't able to engage. Often it's quite science-y, quite facty, and it's often led by a, an expert. And that puts them off. So that's kind of was the was the problem to solve, if you like. And then what I did is I thought, well, what's an easy way of condensing this really important message? What's a way of taking all of this information and making it simple and digestible? And I was quite lazy. I like comics. So I thought, well, comics is a good way. That's what you do in comics. You take big things and you make them bite sized. And that was what really, really was the the throughput that has gone throughout this project is taking complex things making them simple and giving people direct things they can do.
2: Andy, your comic is called The Selfless Giant. What was the inspiration behind it?
0: Well, it really all started
1: with my fascination with mountains that I've had since I was seven years old. I read a book on the tube going to school once about the first ascent of Everest, and I became obsessed with mountains. And then when I was at school, it started to climb. And when I was 16 years old, I went to uh, Iceland and went on a British school's kind of uh, exploring expedition, when we were teamed up with the Antarctic Survey and we were mapping, we were actually taught to map the edge of the Vatniokal ice cap a, a, sec, a segment of it and basically this is back in the 80s and and the gla- glacier had been receding and they were and it hadn't been mapped for some time so so i was i was there at the age of 16 camping on on the vacneocle ice cap being taught to 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 use a theodolite and and scientific equipment to to map the retreat of this glacier and i i'd been fascinated by glaciers and and you know, a, a sort of climbing above the snow line. I, l- I love mountaineering and rock climbing, but but particularly climbing above the snow line. And, uh, you know, it's been a big part of my life. And I've started writing a, a movie about, uh, which kind of brings some of this together, really, about humanity's destruction of the wilderness, particularly um, the glaciers and, and uh, you know, the alpine environments. So... Um, but through a through a story through a metaphor through a you know through a through, not, not 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 as a documentary but as a as, as a you know through character and through emotion but we just we came up with this idea of, of, a, of a young girl who's going to, to visit this glacier, which is, you know, for many people or in history was an object you know, or a place of terror, a, a very frightening place. But then she's going back basically to take her grandfather's memories and ashes back to the, to the glacier and, and meets what is not a terrifying monster, but, a, but actually a very benevolent and fearful uh, representation of the glacier that knows it's, it's dying. So it's, it's sort of is a, it's a twist on Oscar Wilde's story, The Selfish Giant. And we sort of extrapolated various uh, moments from that and uh, elements from that and then, you know, fused it together with the story that we wanted to tell.
2: And Andy, how did you get involved with the project?
1: Well, Paul reached out to me, and um, you know, I mean, lo and behold, you know, the thing is, he really tapped into something that I that I care hugely about. You know, we look to science, of course, we look to science to try and solve all our issues, but of course, storytelling and the arts is is how we process information, and how we engage with it and emotionally connect with these things. Every single thing that we discussed and talked about, and and the sorts of you know stories that were being told and other people that had been involved, you know, rang true for me as a a really potent way of communicating, as as Paul was just saying, you know, sort of quite frightening or dry information or, you know, threatening information, but but processing it in a way that that actually makes it Feel that you can you can really emotionally engage and actually you know find a way through it and find a path through it. So it really it really did speak to me. You know, Paul is connected with with artists and you know actors and and uh, people that that want to do something to help and not feel you know what can we do, but actually literally, you know, commit to something which will hopefully move people in, in some way to take tiny, small steps and make small actions towards changing their lives and, and therefore changing the planet.
2: Paul, do you hope other people will try more creative ways of getting the message across about climate change?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, in terms of what's happening we're being approached by all sorts of people now um, so lots of different organizations both environmental and uh, kind of inter, inter-government agencies and larger people as well are saying to us that we really appreciate the way that you've taken our messages and, and found a new way of telling that story and the fact that we're hitting a sort of 18 to 13 five-year-old audience is a, an audience they've been missing greatly so yeah I, I really do think that actually the medium of super short form and talking about the emotional connection to a subject matter rather than the scientific and the environmental connection is a really powerful thing.
2: It's COP26 at the moment. What do you hope will come out of the summit?
0: I worry that at COP26 there's going to be a lot of just reimagination of the same old promises. I think a lot of the the things that come out of COP26 are going to leave a lot of people feeling um, disempowered, potentially fearful. Um, and so what we wanted to do was say, actually, do you know what? Maybe we can't control what the governments do, but here's something we can control. All of the projects we're sponsoring can be rolled out in the next 12 months. And all of them specifically are targeting key species that can be saved. And they could be saved for tens of thousands, not millions. So just by buying the book or donating, there's something tangible that people can do during that COP26 period. There's things that actually can lift them out of the, that thug of feeding just disempowered and just almost uh, uh, just unable to control this situation. There are things we can do, and although the climate change issue is very hard to control, the biodiversity issue is much easier and much more tangible. Things that can happen right away: you can buy land, you can reintroduce species like the Tasmanian devil or the beaver. You can also look at breeding programs to save near-extinct species. You can actually protect indigenous communities. There are things that can happen right now. So that's. Where all of the money goes.
2: The most important comic book on earth, Stories to Save the World, is out now. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4 pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.